0: We are so honored that you would take the time out of your week to listen to this week's message. We pray that you find it helpful and life-giving. If you would like more information on Hope Church, you can check us out at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's dot com. Thanks for listening.
1: Amen, you guys can have a seat up in here, up in the cafeteria. At the middle school, you know what's really cool is that God does cool things, and um, I first want to honor God. Honor, I want to honor God because of what He did at kids camp. Um, I was nervous. I'm not gonna lie, going into kids camp. We took two teenagers from our church who had never served at kids camp, and they went for the first time to serve, and they never even been. And I was like, man, this could be hard. And they rocked it out. Those students did so well and they loved kids and they taught them archery. Shay Lee taught them archery. She was out there shooting bow and arrow. I was like, okay, Shay, Shay, that's amazing, right? So we had some kids that learned some stuff. So God is amazing and he shows up and he's gonna show up this morning. I wanna honor our partners because our partners make Hope Church happen from the front of the stage to excellence in the bathroom. Our partners make sure that there is deodorant in the bathroom and let me tell you, during these summer months. That is clutch for your pastor, okay? Just saying, clutch. Um, And listen, I want to honor your guests. And last week was incredible, was it not? With baby dedication and papa days, I hope that all of our papas in the house felt uh, like they were hot. Right, Brooks? Get it. Um, And then I just, I just know that God has got a word for us um, so if you're tuning into the podcast or if you're here and you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Emma, um, and I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Church. And I want to talk to you today about things. So I have a little display over here. I don't know if you know this. I'm a creative and I'm an artist and I love to paint. We'll see if this works out. No, I'm just afraid. Yeah, I was afraid of that. Um, so over here we have things that are built on purpose. So we've got a pad of paper and the purpose of this paper is to receive the artist's work, right? So we have pencils and we sketch out on our paper or on our canvas what we want it to become. And the pencil has a purpose and the canvas has a purpose. And then we have brushes and each brush has a purpose. And I try to teach my kids this so they don't use all my brushes for the wrong purposes. Amen, okay? (laughs) We have round brushes and liner brushes and then we have fan brushes And we have paint, and different paints do different things. But they all work for one purpose. Each one has a purpose. And when we use it for the purpose, we produce art. Some is watercolor with ink, some is acrylic on canvas, some is mediums and stuff that get built up. It's amazing when everything works in its purpose, and we have a palette that carries the paint. Each of these elements has a purpose. So today we're going to look about our purposes in the scripture, and we're going to look at a key text in Ephesians that talks about our purposes. So we're going to understand the context first, because listen, context is king. What does that mean? It means the Bible can never mean to us what it didn't mean to the original hearers of the word, okay? So in the book of Ephesians, Paul writes to the church at Ephesus some very specific instructions. And this is really good for us because it takes these principles and it helps us understand some things that have happened to us if we are in Christ. So if you are in Christ, this is what the word of God says to you. It says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sin in which you once walked, in which you once walked. following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. I'm reading in the ESV, what's on the screen is NIV the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived. So don't hate, regulate, because you were there at one time, okay? We all lived in darkness at one point. We all sinned. We all said yes. We all bit the apple. I don't care if you were 2 or 22, we all sin and fall short, right? So Paul goes on to say, Among whom we once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desire of the body and mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Anybody met some children of wrath? Amen. Anybody have a child of disobedience? Amen. <laughs> Thanks, Ken, for waving. Um, but... This is not an uncommon. And we see in this first portion of this text, there is this death. Paul is talking about death and living in death. So now let's move forward. He said, goes on to say, but God being rich in mercy... Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness Toward us in Christ Jesus. So then we have the life. So we were dead in our sins, right? But then we have a relationship with Christ and it brings us to life. Why? Verses 4 and 5 says, Because of God's great love, because of his mercy, we get life. Even when we were dead in our sin. Another place in the scripture says, Even though we were dead in our trespasses, Christ died for the ungodly, right? And I'm so grateful. Verse five and seven establishes that God's grace brought our salvation. We were saved from God's wrath to come over sin and the injustice that it brings. Verse seven establishes that grace is expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus, That's why it's really important that we understand and we can share with those around us that it is in Christ that we are forgiven. It is in Christ we have mercy. It is in Christ that we have grace. It is in Christ alone that these things are accomplished in us and for us. So having established all that, we move into our key text for today. And really this series is built on this text. It says, For it is by grace You have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Listen, an important truth that I want you to understand is that in a religiously-minded world, notice I said religiously-minded world, we get this picture that uh, in a worldview that has this heavenly scale, right, where we uh, hope that our good deeds outweigh our bad ones. I mean, and this is what we get to teach kids at camp and at middle school camp. They say, well, I, I'm a good girl. I'm a good kid. Well, that's not good enough, It's not good enough, and it's not going to work at the end of the day because you can never be good enough to match God's righteousness and holiness. God is holy. He is the utmost. He is the highest. He is the creator of all things. You can't match his holiness. That's why we say we all fall sin; We all fall short in, in sin. And so in this religious worldview the heavenly scale that we hope our good deeds outweigh our bad ones is false because there is no scale. There is no scale. There is no scale. We are brought from death to life by way of a gift and that gift is Christ's sacrificial death on the cross. Why? Why Christ? Because Christ is God. Why would it work? Because it would only ever work It would only ever work. That sacrifice would only ever work if the sacrifice was ultimately holy and it had to be a divine sacrifice. Only God can redeem us and only God could come down as man and redeem us. So let's break down this verse a little bit further. The first part of it says, for we are his workmanship. We are an arranged, manufactured thing like a poem It builds line upon line. We are God's workmanship. And if you look back at your life, you're going to see line by line how God has been moving. And it's a poem that he's built over time. And when you say yes to Jesus, your blank canvas becomes a colorful canvas and God begins to paint on it where there was black and there was darkness. A beautiful picture emerges of light and sun and flowers and new life begins to bloom on the canvas of your life. We are God's workmanship. In other words, we are grace-built people. We have been built by grace. We are painted with the brush of grace and mercy and love. We are grace-built people. So spiritually speaking, we have rolled off the assembly line of God's grace, and remember that, that things that are made are made for a purpose. A brush is for the paint and the canvas. A canvas is for the reception of the paint, and the artist's picture Right? We all have a purpose, but our ultimate purpose is to be in relationship with our Creator. But Paul really focuses in on one specific purpose here. He says, we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. So the gift cannot be earned, but we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. So good works are practical action steps of love. We get to demonstrate Christ's love that we've received and his grace and mercy that we've received to other people. And that's why it says we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, where our good intentions become real among our neighbors, where the rubber meets the road. Every single day. So to put it another way, grace built people, grace bomb people, okay? Grace built people, grace bomb people. And here's the definition of a grace bomb. You ready? I want you to memorize this and get this in your hearts for the next six weeks and for the next Three years, because this is going to become part of what we talk about for the next three years. Why? Because it is so important for us to grasp as a church that grace-built people, grace-bomb people. Grace-bomb is a surprising act of love motivated by Jesus. A surprising act of love motivated by Jesus. You see, God's grace is unexpected, It's absolutely disruptive, and it has the power to change everything. I'm sure that you can recall literally finding somebody being gracious to you and being surprised by grace and mercy, and if not, I pray to God, by the end of this series, somebody has grace-bombed you. I pray that you experience this. Saul who we call Paul, who wrote the book of Ephesians, experienced literally being struck with grace. He was on the road to torture more Christians. He had it out for them. He was a Jew who was on a mission to crush the followers of the way, the way of Jesus. And he ends up getting struck literally off his horse by Jesus. And he says, Paul, Saul, Saul, who are you persecuting? He says, you're persecuting me, Jesus Christ. And Paul is struck with blindness, but three days later, he receives his sight. He was blind, but then he saw. And what he saw was the grace and the mercy of Christ who could have struck him dead, but raised him up and gave him a good work to do. A grace bomb is just a small taste of God's great grace. It is just a small taste of his grace that comes at a big surprise to others here's an example from a woman named monica who wrote into the website she said i was at the airport waiting for my flight sitting at the gate with a terrible cold anybody been there that's the worst and suddenly a very nice guy gave me a bag of tissue paper a small box with cinnamon ginger and honey earplugs and an iced tea he wished me to feel better And that was one of the best surprises I've ever had in my life. Simple acts of kindness intentionally done in the name of Jesus to demonstrate his love will not easily be forgotten. They will not be forgotten. And this is the exciting truth about these good works is that God prepared them beforehand for us. The text really says, which God prepared beforehand? That means God has a plan for your life and when you step into your yes with Jesus and when you step in stream with the Holy Spirit, he has good works for you. He has good for you to do. There are divine appointments in your everyday life. Every day there is a divine appointment walking into what God has prepared for you for that day. Don't miss the appointments. It could be the barista at your coffee joint. It could be the person behind you in line at a restaurant. It could be the person behind the counter taking your order. It could be the person who is at checkout. It could be your realtor or your teacher or your coach or your neighbor or your friend or whoever. God has strategically placed people in your everyday life on purpose, for a purpose, and he has good works for you to do with those people. Don't miss it. So this is is another divine appointment. Listen to this amazing story. Uh, Sherry shares this story. Going at the door at Sam's Club, there was a woman in front of me with a teenage daughter. She was so sweet and patient with this beautiful teenager that was mentally challenged. I gave her a card, Grace Bomb card, and some money and explained that I lo- the love I saw between the two of them made my day. She asked me if she could hug me and she said, thank you, Jesus. Five days later, Jacqueline wrote in to Grace Bomb. I have a daughter who has cerebral palsy and severe mental illness. I was shopping at Sam's Club, and I had just completed my order. It was a stressful day, and I'd spent my last money on items, hoping to stretch out my food in my pantry. I had just finished praying. It seems like I had just said amen when I was grace-bombed. How amazing. Won't God just do that every single time? He has opportunities. I want you to notice how the verse ends. The verse ends this way, that we should walk in them. That we should walk in them every single day of our lives, that we would be walking in the good works that God has for us. God does not force us to love. He doesn't force us to love, but he wants us to experience the joy of, that follows obedience. When you are obedient to the Holy Spirit, when you say yes to Jesus and you provide that grace bomb in somebody's life, there is no joy like knowing that you've just been used by God. There is nothing like following God in obedience and watching the Holy Spirit blow somebody's mind. It's literally what I live for, okay? I live for it. It's like the air I breathe. Or better yet, to watch somebody I am helping know more about Jesus start to like turn around and teach somebody else or do something really cool. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. It's amazing. So notice how Paul brings back the walking motif in one. Once our life uh, was oriented to walking in sin... Once we walked in darkness, once we we gratified the desires of our flesh, once we drank and ate and did and said whatever we wanted to, whether it was hurtful or not to others, whether it was we were speaking as people of wrath. Anybody have a problem with anger like me sometimes? Okay, thank you for being honest. Because sometimes we live that way. But when we were dead in our sins, we like live that way all the time. But in life, we walk from death and we walk away from sin. And now we walk in good works as a lifestyle, not because we're trying to earn our way to God's good grace, but because of God's grace, we are transformed and now walking it out in obedience to him, using good works as a lifestyle because of the great grace that we've received. So now let's move into putting this into practical action. Okay. You ready? The Bible is not silent about dropping grace bombs. And I'm going to plow through some scriptures. He says that we are to abound. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. You have been equipped to abound in giving good works. I love this because it means your abundance, in giving, right? You can just make it rain grace. You know what I'm saying? Just make it paper rain grace everywhere you go because God is able to make all grace abound to you, having all sufficiency in all things at all times. Y'all get all the alls in there? That's all the alls. You got all the alls working for you, Okay. He says, be fruitful in Colossians 1.10. It says, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Do you get that? Be fruitful, bearing fruit in every good work. Every time you grace bomb somebody, you are planting the seed for fruit in their lives. For them to bloom, for you to grow and produce fruit, everybody becomes fruitful when you begin to grace bomb people. Second, or Titus 2.14 says this, Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. If you read the text and you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to see a Jesus that is zealous in his good works. Table flipping, not playing games, grace bombing people, healing the sick, Jesus. And then you see the early church, loving people. The Bible says that where Peter went, people would literally lay the sick and the lame so his shadow might pass over them because he was such a grace bomber that his shadow bombed people, okay? I want to walk in such favor. I hope you walk in such favor that I'm walking in Walmart and people be popping out of those little electric chairs. You know what I'm saying? I want the grace of God to be so hard on my life that people just get healed when I'm standing near them and I can't do nothing but go, thank you, Jesus, right? And just blow it up for Jesus. Be zealous in good works because God was so zealous in chasing you down. And y'all, he brought me from a mighty long way, like the gospel song said, mighty long way. And I am zealous for the work of the Lord. He also says that our our grace should be sacrificial. Hebrews 13 16 says, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. When you sacrifice and you give sacrificially, it means so much more. It means so much more. When I know I've had to take from my pantry to feed you, it means a lot more, doesn't it? When I got to take from my pocket to make sure you're fed, it means more. When you sacrifice, it is so pleasing to your heavenly father because it is a reflection of what Jesus did for you to love you so sacrificially that he gave his own life. He gave all of heaven's abundance to be forgotten and forsaken by the father for a moment so that you could be connected and made whole. What a sacrifice. What a beautiful gift. So you too can be sacrificial in your grace bombing. So you too can love. And can I tell you, when you are generous, God will never, ever let you go hungry. The Bible says that we've never, that I've never seen, David says this, he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging for bread. I have never been hungry. We have given sacrificially. We have given our last dimes. We have given and given and given. And stuff just shows up. Won't he do it? Okay. The last one is our testimony. First Peter two twelve says this. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles, among people who don't know Jesus, among people who say they know Jesus but act like they don't. We all know those people too, okay, because they out there. I'm a Christian and I'm going to cuss out this person at the teller. Right? No. Put your, put your dag on Bible scripture verse purse down and stop cussing people, okay? You live in such a way, Peter says, honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. What that I mean is, okay, let's talk about the day of visitation. There will be a time When you will be judged. Yes. It's not about good deeds or bad deeds. The answer you're going to have to make is, did I say yes to Jesus? Did I have a real lasting relationship with Jesus? Like when I say, hey, Jesus, he says, what's up? And you have a talk. Okay. Real relationship with Jesus. Not this pretend, play games, let's be religious. I'm going to walk around and have my Bible scripture verse and act like a fool. Not that. Real relationship with Jesus. That is what you're going to have to stand on. But, but, at that time, there will be a people who can say, I saw that good deed. I saw that work out of grace in their lives, and I can't say anything, but God changed them, and they touched me. Can I tell you that you will shut the mouths of the haters with the love that you throw on people when you grace bomb them? Amen. Haters going to hate, Proverbs 9:8, But grace shuts the mouth of a liar. That's why the Bible tells us over and over again, when you are nice to somebody, when you're kind, you heap hot coals on their head. It's just going to make them even more mad. But don't worry. Your testimony is that your good deeds will glorify God on the day. And I'm going to be dancing. Y'all going to see me up there like, mm, I'm going to do the cha-cha slide. Mm, mm, mm. I know it's for middle school girls. that are going to be doing it with me, right? I'm going to be doing a cha-cha slide because I'm going to glorify God by my grace bombs. And then we have to let Jesus weigh in here. I love Jesus. And this was cool because as I was working at camp and as I was studying, this was our verse at camp for kids. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, for always weaving everything together for us. Jesus said this, you, yes, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl <laughs> or a basket, but they put it on a stand and it gives light to all the ones in the house. All my camp friends are doing the hand motions with me. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Y'all, Jesus said that. You can't mess with that, okay? If Jesus said it, it's good. So let your light shine so that people can see your good works. Let it shine. Remember, light gives warmth. And it points to the reality that Jesus is the son and all good comes from him. And when you let that light shine, people just feel it. So in general, grace should feel good. Not cold, not judgmental, Grace can also reveal truth by pointing others to the source of kindness. Jesus is the source. Loving your neighbor, letting your light shine, walking in good works are simple ideas, basic commands that we have all heard before. But putting them into practice can be harder than it looks in everyday life. Listen, guys, I have a neighbor who is challenging for me to love. Challenging for me to love. I'm being real. He can be abrasive and rude and disagreeable. Y'all, I don't like the way his yard looks, okay? I don't. However, I know that his wife is struggling in her health. And I have been stretching my faith and praying for opportunities so that I can love him and love her and grace by them. I am being stretched to literally love my neighbor instead of avoiding him. This guy lives next to me, guys. Erde. And I pray, Erde, Lord Jesus, please help me find an opportunity to speak, to love, to pour into, to give, show me what to do. Because he's mean, Lord Jesus, right? Tell me love the mean. So you have a tool in your seat. You have a pack of grace cards. If you don't have them in your seat, they're close by. So grab a pack of grace cards and get the pen. Okay, you have these two tools. You're going to have grace bomb cards. And if you saw when you came in, there's a poster. And we have a reloading station, okay? So don't worry. We're not going to let you run out of grace bombs. Got the cards, You can reload every Sunday. Every Sunday, you should run out of cards. I should have to call the grace bomb people and be like, yo, yo, I need about a thousand. Okay? Because we are small right now, but we are mighty. Yes. We, like, we like Ukraine, okay? I'm going to be real, real weird for a minute. We small, but we mighty. All right? And we can do immeasurably more with love and with grace than we can with hate or judgment or coldness or anger. Amen? So the card for you is a reminder. It's a reminder that you have been grace-bombed by Jesus, that you literally have been grace-bombed. And I bet you probably have had other grace-bombs happen in your life, right? And you have everyday opportunities. And the card is for your neighbor. It accompanies your surprising act of love. And, And I want you to understand that these are not gospel tracks. I hate a daggone gospel track. I do not like the cheesy cartoons, The Baptist Hangout. Okay, I don't like it. But why? Because it's impersonal. And I would much rather you actually take the opportunity to get to know me and to talk to me and ask me for coffee and love me for real than hand me a piece of judgmental paper. So grace bomb cards are not that. If you're going to do that, if you're going to throw cards at people, don't do it. Right? But... If you're gonna do an intentional and surprising act of love, give them a card. Because all it does is point them to Jesus. And this, when they go on the website, when they go on gracebomb.org, we're gonna play a video. This is what they're gonna see, okay? So check this out.
0: Hey there, so you've been grace bombed or you've heard about this and you might be wondering what it is. Well, typically bombs mess things up but a grace bomb is a surprising gift that's meant to brighten your day. (laughs) It may have even seemed like a random act of kindness, but this was an intentional act of love, motivated by Jesus who shows us what true love really looks like. So we hope your heart is smiling and would want you to know that a grace bomb is just the tip of the iceberg of when it comes to God's personal and soul-satisfying love for you. Think about this just for a second god put you on someone's mind and heart for a reason you got grace bombed because you are loved perhaps more than you even know maybe this dropped on you out of the clear blue sky or maybe you've been asking for a sign either way enjoy the impact of grace because right now as you are you are loved
1: come on it doesn't get better than that message so when they go on the website They're going to see that message and they're going to have the opportunity to share their story. And then guess what else happens? They send the stories to me. And for the next six weeks, I can take those stories of grace bombs and share them with you. And we can see what happens when we physically do the good works that Christ has for us, that he set in our paths every single day of our lives. A couple of things I just want to reiterate. There's the expected versus the unexpected. I want you to leverage the element of surprise. Grace is so surprising. Love is so surprising. Grace bombs go above and beyond what is customary or expected when it comes to giving. Do not grace bomb your waitress and only give her 10%, okay? It's not... That's not what... <laughs> Don't do that, right? If you're gonna grace bomber, at least give like 30 percent. Yeah, I said it. I don't care. Be a good bomber, not a bad bomber. Don't Don't drop little tiny grenades. Bomb that person with love, right? Nuke them with love, right? So not another, this is not another kindness movement. This is not an opportunity for you to just go out and be kind. This is a movement of obedience to Jesus where we intentionally and unashamedly implicate Jesus as the source of our kindness. <coughs> Sorry. Camp has caught up on me. Can I have my water? <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. If you don't know, it's in the woods, and uh, all the trees are there. (laughs) All the trees with all of it. I literally had to take three different allergy medications every day. (coughs) So here's your instruction manual. You ready? Three easy steps. Load. Be prepared. Have a card on you at all times. Okay? Um, And go about your normal day. But make a decision to take your grace bomb with you. Okay, so load up. Number two, listen. Look and listen for the nudge and be prayerful for the Holy Spirit to prompt you to practice being the light of the world. If you're having trouble listening to the Holy Spirit and you go about your day and he hasn't spoken to you all day, I would encourage you that by the time you get to the end of your day, you need to center yourself. You need to find a quiet space. Yes, I know you have 100 kids or whatever. Take time (coughs) and listen. (coughs) So here's the three ways that you can bless somebody. Mm -mm, Tissue. (coughs) Time. This is the number one way you can actually bless somebody. I don't care about your money, it's great, and you probably are going to do that too. But if you spend time with me, that means more to me than anything in the world. Especially for the people who are hard to love. My neighbor probably needs my time more than he needs my money. Facts. His wife's sick. She probably could use my time. (coughs) Is that hard? Yes, it's called a sacrifice. Number two is your treasure. What do you have? Is it an extra bike in your garage? Is it an extra $5? Is it more food than you can eat? What is your treasure? Give it away. Grace bomb with it. And the third thing is your talent. If you have a gift, if you have something and you can give it, or lend it, or use it for somebody else to know that Jesus really loves them? Dude, do it. Ma'am, put it to work. Do it. And then number three, let her go. Drop your grace bomb. Wrap it up, put a card on it, and make sure that it's not just anonymous or random, although those are amazing. But I would love you to get to a place where you are intentionally bombing people with a more relationship-based interaction than a transaction. Why? People are not transformed by a transaction. That's why at Hope Church we don't have members, we have partners, because partners mean you're involved. Membership means you get something out of it. Right? The St. Sam's Club. Amen. This is a movement of people who are ready to change Seaford and then Delmarva by God's grace. (coughs) So, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go from anonymous and random to more relational. And it's okay if you start anonymous, but just know, I want you to be bold with it. The early church got into trouble and Paul got sent to prison. And when he got released, do you know what he prayed for? God, help me never to get in prison again. No. He said, God, give me boldness that I might go and speak your name. So I pray for boldness for you. I pray for the Holy Spirit to empower you with boldness. <clears throat> I'm going to share a little story from camp and listening to the Spirit. There was a little girl and um, I came out. It was the last day at camp and we were doing a rally, which means there, it's a church service for kids. Um, it's super hype, a lot of music, but for some kids, it's really challenging to sit. And by day four, These kids have had like little to no sleep. They are tired and they are out of their rhythms and their home life. And so things can get a little hairy. So I came out and there was a little girl and she was standing by one of the exits and her leader was obviously exhausted. And this little girl was in full like oppositional defiance mode, okay? She's like, I want my stuffy! I mean, just stomping and mad. And she was at the door like she was gonna run. Now note, it was raining, and I was like, oh girl, I am not trying to chase you out in that rain. You are young and you are fast and it is raining. And I don't want, A, I don't want to get wet. B, you might be faster than me. And C, your your poor leader is about ready to pass out. Like this is not cool. And I was like, Jesus, okay. What are we gonna do? I could have walked away. There were other people. I could have been like, no, I'm like the lead pastor. That's not my job. Right? I could have said, Oh, it's not my lane. But I felt the Holy Spirit say, press in. So I went in and I literally went outside in the rain and I held the door so she couldn't leave because I did not want her to get out. I did not want her to get wet. I did not want her to run away. So that was the safety. So I stood in the rain for a while and then she started doing this to the door and I could feel it up against my back. So then I went in and I slipped in and I stood in front of the door and I started to talk to her. I said, what do you, tell me what you want. What is it that you need? I want my stuffy. Well, your leader says that you're tossing stuffy in the air and you're hitting other kids with it. We really can't do that unless you promise that you won't do that anymore. You promise? Yes, I promise. Okay. So Pastor Marilyn talks to her, makes her promise one more time. And then I said, will you sit with me while they go get your stuffy for you? Yes, I'll sit. So her poor leader runs out in the rain and goes gets the stuffy. And we sit down. And I said, I just want you to know that you're amazing and you can do this and I know you're tired. Tell me what your name is. And she said, my name is Hope. And I thought, of course it is. (laughs) Of course it's Hope. Of course that's your name. So we became a little bit of a friend. And then during worship, I noticed that she was sitting down and she wasn't participating. So I went and sat next to her and I said, hey, and she leans her head over on me. And I said, you're, I said, you're really sweet. And she just looked at me with her full, like, and, but she still leaned on me. And then I, I said, so I started singing. I sing loud, right? And I, I say, I sing, and then I look at her, and then I sing, and I do some hummus, and I look at her, and I'm like, come on, sing. And all of a sudden, she opens her mouth, and she starts singing. And I said, oh, girl, you can sing. And then she started getting louder and louder and louder, and all she needed was somebody to pay her a little attention, tell her that she's loved, tell her she might be gifted, And listen to her sing. She was my buddy for the rest of the time. Like, come sat next to me when I moved away. Was singing loud for all to hear. She turned into elf. It was amazing. But I watched God turn her heart because there was a surprising act of love motivated by Jesus. If I can get a kid to sing about Jesus, you can give somebody a gift and give them a card. So listen, we're going to take a moment and I'm going to ask you to do weird things, and this is what we do in church. We just get uncomfortable. I'm going to ask you to for one minute, and I'll watch the time. I want you to kind of center yourself and pray, and I want you to take that pack of cards, and I want you to take that pen, and for one minute, I want you to pray about a neighbor in a way you could possibly bless them, and then I want you to write it on the sleeve of those cards, and I'll watch the time. The time starts now. And that's our time. One minute. One minute to pray. I hope God spoke to you. I hope there's somebody at your workplace or somewhere in your life that God said, I need you to bless them. I need you to love them. I need you to grace bomb them. And then I want you to do it. Why? The Bible says this. Oh, I want you to share your stories. Please make sure when you grace somebody, you tell us online. Go to gracebomb.org and tell how you gracebomb somebody. And this is why that's important, to tell how you did it. But this is why Hebrews 10, 24 says, And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. When you share at this site, and the reason why we uh, wanted to be a part of this movement, first of all, it's just a dang good idea. Am I right? Okay? Because everybody needs more grace. Our city needs to be bombed with grace. Um, Our community definitely needs to be bombed with grace. Not with tag and hurtful things, but with grace. And the truth is that stories shape cultures. And when you share your story and you share what you've done and you share and hear how that has affected somebody's life, it will change your life. It will change our community listen to Jesus. So let's set a culture of listening to Jesus and listening to the Holy Spirit and looking for opportunities. The other thing that happens when you share how you grace bomb is you give somebody else an idea. Not every church is like Hope Church, okay? We are love on fire. I love our church But there are churches and other people that need your ideas. And this is a paradigm shift for a lot of people who've been in church their whole lives because they've been members, but they never learned how to be partners. And when you share your story, you begin to help set an example for the many ways that we can all lead with love. So make sure you're sharing your stories. And here's the final truth that I want to leave with you. The power of God resides in the people of God. The power of God resides in you. You have the power of Christ because in you is the spirit of a living God who brings life and love and joy and hope. He's a God of justice that prevents injustice and will speak on behalf of the poor and the widowed. And when you sacrificially give, you are transforming people's lives. The church today is sitting on a powder keg of untapped potential. And when we grace bomb, just consider this whole entire series a match in your life to set off a fire in you, to love your neighbor as yourself and to love God with all of your heart. So as we close up, if there's anybody who has ever heard my voice, anybody who's listening in podcast, anybody who's in this room who hasn't said yes to Jesus, today is the day. He loves you. I spoke the gospel. You just heard the gospel. Jesus died for your sins. You were dead in sin, but God came to give you life. So if you're hearing that today for the first time, I want you to have a relationship with God, but I also want you to have a relationship with somebody who can help you. And so that's why we ask you to either snap the QR code on the screen as I pray, or you can text... um, What are we texting? To 94,000? Look at that. That's me. To 94,000. It, it, it's so helpful when this stuff is on the screen for me. And then we're going to pray a prayer of salvation. And then we're also going to pray if you need to recommit. Listen, maybe you have let your guard down. Maybe you have let it slide. And you need Jesus to re-up your commitment. And you need to go, hey, I'm in. I'm all in today. We're going to pray both of those prayers right now. Jesus. Sometimes we understand things for the first time and we realize that we need you. And we call that salvation. We need you to save us. So God, we ask right now that you would help us enter into a life-saving, life-giving relationship with you that is not us earning, but us receiving the grace that you gave us when you died for us on the cross. We thank you for that and we ask that you would help us connect to people who can help us to understand it to grow in our relationship. Lord, there's others of us who have walked away or turned away or looked away and we need to recommit and recenter ourselves in your word and in who you are. So God, we make a recommitment today. We recommit our lives to you. We say yes again. We say, I'm back, Jesus. I'm back. I want more of you, Lord. God, I just pray that you would move in us and that you would help us. If you ask God to to step into your life, if you've recommitted or you said yes to him, please make sure you connect to us. Please make sure you text us or even email us at info." at HopeDelMarva.com. We want to know. We want to help and we want to step in. And I'm going to pray a prayer over us right now that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive the Holy Spirit this week as we look for ways to grace bomb people. God, would you please help us? God, if there's any obstacles in us, if there's any sin that prevents us from hearing your voice, would you point it out so we can get it out of the way? Because God, we want to be a people who are conduits of your love and mercy and grace. We want to help people step from the darkness and into the light. We want to protect kids. We want to grow adults. We want to do all the things that you showed us how to do in your word, by your name, and in your spirit, and for your glory, God, alone. We know we can't earn it, but we know that we've been commissioned and we are your workmanship. We have a purpose to show your great love. Would you help us as a people to do just that? Would you help us to show your great love to our neighbors and to everyone you would put in our path? And we ask that you would do this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: We hope you found today's message both helpful and inspiring. Hope Church meets every Sunday, 10 a.m. in Seaford, Delaware, at the Seaford Senior High School Auditorium. If you would like more information, you can find it at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's Hope, D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A dot com. Thanks for listening.